From our Gospel reading, verses 10 and 11, Jesus said, When you obey me, you you remain in my love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will be complete. Well, in the Amplified version of the Bible, it says, your joy will be a full measure and complete and overflowing. Can I ask you a question? Do you have that joy, joy that overflows? Would you like that joy? I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but... (laughs) Well, it's noticeable at times that many people don't have that joy. And we've all been around them because they're grumpy, they're very negative about virtually everything that happens in life, complaining almost all of the time. And as a result, they just aren't much fun to be around. So to begin with, let's look at a definition of joy. Joy is an evidence of the presence of God in a person's life. So if God is in your life, if you are filled with the Spirit of God, then this fruit of the Spirit will be obvious in your life and people will notice it. Now, we mustn't mistake happiness for joy because it's easy to do that. The Bible mentions joy or rejoicing 330 times, but it only mentions happiness 26 times. And happiness depends upon what's actually happening to you. So if all the circumstances are right, then you can be happy. But joy actually comes from inside. It's God-given It's not about the circumstances that govern joy. So this morning, I'd like us to firstly look at some enemies of joy, what gets in the way of us experiencing joy. Secondly, look at a perfect example of joy. And finally, consider the question, how do we experience the kind of joy that Jesus talks about? First of all, some enemies of joy. Sometimes we are robbed of joy by the differences between generations. There have always been generations gap, but it seems to me that generation gaps are more obvious now than they've ever been. When I was growing up, I went to a church that was pretty sombre at times. There was a lot of reverence and prayer, but not a lot of laughter. And I loved to sing as a teenager, and I still love to sing. And I remember one service, and it was morning prayer. And a gentleman turned round to my sister and said, would you mind telling her not to sing so loud? (laughs) I can't, I'm not going to say what I said, but (laughs) but those of us who are older may well have grown up in that kind of environment. But times are different now, and the younger generation, but not only the younger generation, sees church as a place to rejoice and want to sing more lively songs and clap their hands, while a number of folk want to be more solemn and restrained. Now, neither is wrong and neither is completely right. We have to get the balance right. But it is wrong when we cause dissension and banish joy because of our different points of view. 
The second enemy of joy can be unresolved guilt. A lot of people are unable to accept themselves and to accept the forgiveness of God. You may have come through a divorce and you feel that you're inferior in the sight of God. Or that people may not understand if they really knew the secrets of your life. But God can restore that joy within you. Third enemy of joy is unpleasant circumstances. All of us, I think, begin life with unrealistic expectation as to what life is going to be like. We would all love to have the perfect house, the perfect marriage, perfect children, job, and make enough money to be comfortable in life. But problems do come, and they do come to everybody. And I've had my challenges and problems, so... I understand. You may lose your job. Your children may disappoint you. There may be heartaches. Your health may break down and problems do come. But here's the good news. Even though the circumstances are unpleasant, God still wants to give you joy to change who you are and the way you think. Now to a perfect example of joy. It's the night before the crucifixion of Jesus. He's in the upper room with his apostles. Soon he will be going to Gethsemane. He'll be arrested, tried and convicted of crimes he didn't commit. Soon he will be nailed to a cross and he will die. And he knows that all of this is going to happen. It's not a very enjoyable time, is it? But in the Gospel reading we heard this morning, Jesus says... Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. On the last night of his life, facing the cross, Jesus talks about love and joy. How can there be any joy in a cross? Well, I hope before this sermon is over, will understand how this can be true. Now to the exciting part. Well, I think so. How can we experience that kind of joy? Well, I believe, first of all, that we need to develop and maintain a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In the earlier verses of John 15, Jesus talks about when we become Christians, we're like a branch attached to the vine. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. That is where it begins. Unless we are attached to the vine, we can never have the joy that this passage talks about. So if you are a Christian and there isn't much joy in your life and you would like that joy, then make sure you become reattached to the vine. There are some basic things that you have to do to make that happen in your life. First of all, we need to read the Word of God. You can't know what God's will is or what God wants for you until you read his Word on a daily basis and spend time in prayer. And I'm actually talking to myself as well. And you seek his will in your life. It may be that you've been doing something all your life and never thought that God might be calling you to something different. So please read his word and and meditate on it. It's also a good idea 
to attend church. Now, that's pretty basic, isn't it? But there are people who think you can be a good Christian and not attend church. Well, I'm afraid I disagree because we actually need each other. We need the support and help that we get from one another until you're rejoicing in the fellowship of believers, until you're spending time with brothers and sisters in Christ, you'll never have a firm attachment to the vine. So come to church, learn from one another and grow with one another and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. But we also need to give ourselves in service for others and there are many ways in which we can do this. Just call up someone, telephone someone who's lonely or having a bad time. Visit someone, write a note. It can be words of encouragement or of saying just thank you. And it's amazing, a letter, what that does for a person. If you're at work, take in some cakes or biscuits as a surprise. Here's why, because Jesus didn't go to the cross for himself He actually did it for us. He went to the cross for us. And there's joy even in a cross when you're doing it for someone else. And thirdly, focus on the eternal, what's going to be everlasting and not on the temporal, the present. The reason Jesus could endure the cross is because after the cross, as you know, came the resurrection And as we go through the experiences of life, we need to see that one day there's going to be a glorious resurrection where we will be with Jesus too. If you look in the mirror, you'll see yourself wasting away. You can't deny that. If you look at your material possessions, you'll see them wearing out. Everything is wasting away. But inwardly, inwardly, we are being renewed every day. My greatest joy as a mother and as a grandmother is to see my children and grandchildren, well, it's our children because I've got a husband laughing together, enjoying each other's company. My greatest concern, though, would be if they were not getting along with each other. If that's true of me, isn't it also true with God? His greatest joy is when his children love each other and rejoice together, and laugh together, and enjoy each other's company. And his greatest sadness is when we don't get along and the joy is gone. The fruit of the Spirit is love expressed in joy. It's the evidence of God's Spirit in a person's life. So can I encourage you to establish that relationship, develop it, and maintain it. After this sermon, we're going to be singing Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. Can I suggest, it's your choice if you want to, during that hymn, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with joy, the joy that overflows. Amen. Amen.